Have you ever had a martial arts injury? Let's see how a real master deals with it. Let's get started. Sir, I will live with perseverance in the spirit of Taekwondo. Courtesy for fellow students. Integrity within myself. And to become a black belt leader. Welcome to the ATA Nation podcast. ATA Nation, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Senior Master Zach Hayden, and it is a joy as always to be joining you again today. We have an excellent interview with Master Nominee Garcia, all about her training in martial arts and specifically overcoming injury. Um, and just some, some tips, some advice, some inspiration in that uh, interview today. Before that, I want to uh, invite you uh, to head over to ATAMN, uh, or excuse me, MA, like martial arts, ATAMA.ninja slash uncut. ATAMA.ninja slash uncut. Uh, and there you can uh, purchase um, for a very inexpensive price, like a bu- less than $2, a uh, uh, an insider pass for our um, special community that we are building for podcast listeners and i'm going to be launching something really cool um for just those people who are super fans that have one of those um one of those uh, cards that you can get so uh check that out but um you know that's not all we have for you today of course we want our uh, special guest interview so let's check that out Special guest interview. ATA Nation, I want to uh, introduce you to our special guest today, Master Nominee Garcia. How are you today, ma'am? Fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, we've we've seen you online a bunch. Um, you know, I think actually there was uh, one time. Uh, uh, do you, did you coach a team sparring team at one point, or do you coach one now? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I did. I, I coached a few. I think I think we competed uh my team against you guys at um what have that been Orlando one year, a couple years I ago. I think so. so. Uh, <laughs> I think that might have been the only time we've had uh the opportunity to uh meet each other. Um I I follow your ambassador stuff online, all kinds of great stuff. Uh we love to start with how people got involved in martial arts. So what brought you to the martial arts? Well, funny enough, I started my martial arts journey uh, really through through watching. And when I was about six years old, I used to do ballet at a local studio. And I used to hear um, like this intense music coming from from the venue next door. And every day when I would walk out of my ballet class, I'd walk by and I would see um, the martial arts school that was there training. And, And there was like high intensity, like music. And you'd see the students like kicking the bags and using weapons. And I just, I immediately fell in love. And when the opportunity came for my mom to sign me up again for ballet, uh, you know, she asked, Oh, would you like to continue? And I told her, no, I really want to go next door and and do martial arts. So, um, it was pretty much, uh, (laughs) smooth sailing from then on. Uh, I I started and, and I just fell in love and, and I've been doing it ever since. That's super cool. Did you did you start in the ATA to start with, or were you uh, in another organization originally? 
So initially I trained Aikido for a few months at another local studio um, that, that my parents had some relationship with, um, mm-hmm. with some of the other uh, owners with my father actually used to train judo and a lot of my family members did. It, it was really prevalent in Cuba, um, which is where they're originally from. And so since we couldn't find a judo studio, Aikido was the next best thing. I did that for a few months. And then um, coincidentally, my cousins had started training in ATA. And sometimes when I'd go after school with them home, I'd I'd go with them and I'd sit and I'd watch them train. And they were a couple of belts ahead of me. And when the school that I was training at closed, um, you know, I still wanted to continue my martial arts training. And so I decided to go over to the ATA school and, and try it out. Excellent. Well, that's that's super cool. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to uh, get you on the podcast is that, uh, um, you know, you have had uh, a battle, um, injuries, a lot of ACL things um, as you've trained. Um, you're getting ready to become a master this fall. You've gone through the training um, and your your Instagram handle is uh, journey and or K-N-E-E. Uh, to master. And that uh, kind of hints at kind of a story that you've had going on. Uh, would you give us a little background on to um, your knee issues? And then uh, we'd love to see how you've dealt with that. Of course. Uh, so back in 2013, I was in um, about to finish my first season in the fourth and fifth degree, 18 to 29 year old division. I was seated you know, top three in, in all categories, really had a strong season, especially coming in for my first year um, in such a competitive uh, division. And right yeah, that's, before. <laughs> that's yeah, a tough one right there. Yeah, it is. And and I really had not expected that, you know, transitioning from, you know, from high school into college and just moving. It was, you know, quite a lot of different things. And so I was just really grateful to have been doing so well. And, and I was really excited to, you know, be up against so many amazing women that I had grown up watching because because a lot of these people had been uh, my inspiration growing up. So it, it was kind of a, a blissful moment. Um, but in training for for districts at the time, I suffered my first ACL tear. And it was just about like two weeks before districts too. So, so I was really devastated. It was the first major injury that I had ever sustained. And I don't think that I really realized the gravity of the situation uh, until I had actually gone to the doctor and they kind of explained everything to me. Uh, and just, again, because of the the martial arts discipline, the training mindset, uh, in my mind, I had started, you know, thinking already, well, you know, it, it's mind over matter. So immediately after surgery, if I can will myself up, I can just, you know, hop off the bed and just, you know, <laughs> let go of the crutches and, and get back onto the mat. And, you know, as soon as I woke up from surgery, reality set in really hard. <laughs> I, um, I couldn't feel my leg. It, it kind of hit me like a, like a truck. And I realized that this was definitely going to be a lot more challenging than I thought. Uh, and it wasn't just the, the physical, but it was also the mental and the emotional uh, that I had to overcome. And that was a really huge pivoting point for me, not just as a martial artist, me training, but also as an instructor and, and how I viewed the way that I could motivate people moving forward. So, um, yeah, that's, that is, I mean, a a huge blow. Um, you know, I, I've been 
knock on wood, lucky enough not to have anything quite like that. And uh, I can imagine, you know, when you're you're so invested in in training and you know competing and stuff, just emotionally. Um, you know, not being able to use the knee, which is, you know, kind of important in our, in our industry. <laughs> um, I'm sure just sets you back uh, mentally. What, what did you do to try to, to get through that? So for me, it was, uh, it was a combination of things. So I immediately dove into a couple of different support groups online and, and that was still, you know, a little bit earlier on and when social media was really, you know, taking off and I started finding different Facebook groups of, you know, athletes that had endured the same injuries. I, I started talking to different people, even within our own organization, um, who had suffered from different injuries and just kind of got their feedback in and how they walk through the process of recovery. But a, a lot of the recovery itself was really just a lot of um, interpersonal working. Um, I was really fortunate to have a very supportive, you know, group around me between my, my parents, my, my team at, at the academy, my physical therapists and, and my doctors, I had a very supportive group around me. And so the positive, the positivity that they kept really just infusing me with was a huge help. But it was also a lot of me taking a step back and reflecting on why this was impacting me so much, not just physically, but emotionally. Uh, and this is something I, I've had conversations with a couple of different people about. I think that when you grow up training and you grow up competing in that environment, a lot of our identities get wrapped up into who we are when we step into the mat. And I, I think for me, that was that was really that point where I had to differentiate myself, you know, who was Ileana Garcia when she wasn't in uniform and wasn't on the mat training as to, you know, who I am separate to that. And and really starting to discover myself and create this separate identity uh, was a huge part of of where the healing came in for me. That's I, I think that's super important. It, you know, we see this with Olympic athletes, with you know professional athletes, and it can happen to us. You know, in in this industry, whether it be a, a kid or you know an adult, where we're so tied up in the identity of I'm this martial artist who does tournaments or the, you know, I'm a world champ or, or whatnot. And then if you have that taken away um, and you don't have, like you said, uh, something outside of that identity, um, you can be in, in, in trouble. It, it really causes some issues. So it sounds like you did a, a really nice job and you had the, the support system around you to help you kind of re identify and, and figure out what it's like, who it is outside of that environment. Yeah. I think that it was probably the, the greatest, um, it, it was probably the best part of this entire experience uh, because it allowed me to really find out a little bit more about myself and and uncover this new um, this new persona that that I had that I hadn't really allowed to develop, not just as a leader but just as an individual. Well, that's cool. What what stopped you from going? Hey, I'm just done with martial arts. I'm out. You know, I don't think that I ever was in the position where I thought that that this would really be it. Um, for me, I've I've always been very headstrong. That's the word that I'm going to use to <laughs> to define it. <laughs> That's and, a positive the positive character trait. 
yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it's better. It's better said than stubborn. Um, I, being really honest, even growing up and competing, I was never the most naturally talented, to say the least. Mm. I, I wasn't the one that always came out with first place. It, it took me quite some time to earn my first set of red letters, and it was always very much. I felt it was, it was very much like an underdog story, even for myself. And so, at an early age, I think I was, I think I was a yellow belt when I when I first kind of proclaimed that I was going to become a world champ and I was going to become a master instructor. And so just kind of like setting those two goals for myself, I never really veered away from them. There was never really a other option an either or option. It was, you know, do or do. Um, you know, my, my father used to say, you know, some people, some people say that they sink or swim, you know, it, in our family, we, mm. we swim, or we figure out another way to swim. Right. And so mm. for me, it was really just figuring out what did this journey now mean for me and what were some of the things that that needed to be done in order to pivot and not pause. And, and that was a really big part of, you know, I, I kind of say it every time that, that somebody asks me about, you know, continuing training when you're injured. It, it's not, you know, you pivot, you don't pause. Right. You know, during during 2020, when a lot of a lot of challenges, you know, a lot of us were being faced mm -hmm. with challenges, both, you know, as school owners, um, in the business, as, as students, as just, you know, people trying to live everyday life. Um, I would get asked often, you know, what it is that, that you're doing to continue moving forward during such a challenging time. And, and it's really just pivot. Don't pause. Oh, that's great advice. Pivot. Don't pause. Uh, now you've talked about the emotional side, which I'm going to guess might've been more challenging than the physical side, but what about the physical recovery? What did you um, do? What advice would you give somebody um, who might be going through something similar? Yeah, for me, I think that the biggest advice would be to give yourself grace um, coming in as an athlete, um, especially when you've been accustomed to a certain level of training and a certain level of intensity, you're, used to your body doing what you wanted to do or, or what you've trained it to do. And, and you're in this point now where you're really healing your body and, and recovering and building yourself up again, pretty much from zero. And when you've been training for so long, it's really hard to, to realize that you're back at that square one. I think that taking the time to really listen to your doctors, you know, to your physical therapists, you know, to anyone there, that's a part of that support team that, that you've chosen to, to be there for you. I think that's really essential. Um, you know, you have these group of professionals around you that are trying to guide you in the right way so that you can get back to what you love doing and making sure that you listen to them, trust the process and have patience. Uh, I think that that's key to, to a successful recovery. That's great advice. That, now, I, I saw that you've had you've had more than one surgery for ACL stuff. Were these multiple injuries or, or was it uh, um, something, um, you know, that they had to keep going back and fixing? What What's the story behind the multiple surgeries? Yeah, I, I always laugh because people ask me how, you know, did you get hurt sparring? You know, how did it happen? And and I really don't have a cool story. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, I just I'm, I'm one of the lucky few that, that have um, uh, a lot of elasticity in their ligaments. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty injury prone, which, you know, knock on wood, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that it's only been these three. But uh, it was multiple injuries. So I had, you know, essentially fully recovered and then was re-injured and fully recovered and then re-injured. And, and here we are knocking on wood. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> oh. um, 
But uh, now, it, each time I, that I, happened, do you go through the whole cycle again? Or, you know, three times, do you, do you get to the point, how do you mentally just be like, I'm going to do this all over again? You know, and this is a, I have a really good relationship with, with my physical therapist. He continues to, um, I continue seeing him even to this day for, for performance training as a supplement to what I do in martial arts, just to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm, you know, in as solid shape as possible to be, to be able to train. But I have a really open dialogue and relationship with him and, and even with my, um, with my orthopedic surgeon. And when I was injured the second time, instead of having this false sense of reality that I was going to just kind of like shoot up, um, from, from the hospital bed and just kind of like walk off in my mind, I was sitting there injured. And I told myself, I'm like, it's, it's totally fine. It's going to be okay. Um, funny enough, I actually, the, the second time that I injured myself, um, I was teaching class and my knee just completely gave out on me. And it was the night before we were leaving to Orlando nationals when I was, um, when I was going on ESPN, um, with, uh, for the ESPN 360, um, competition. And it was, you know, I had people tell me, are you really going to go through with it? And, and I mean, in my mind, I was like, yeah, my name's on the marquee. I mean, it's going to be broken anyway, might as well go and give it a shot. And so I I had to obviously like alter a few things and the way that I performed, but I guess having that thought process that I knew what was coming in the recovery process. So I knew I was going to be down for three months after, you know, my operation and it was going to be very, basic sedentary type of physical therapy. Mm. Um, and, and that was kind of going to be like that training block. I knew that, you know, moving into the second phase of things, I was going to be a little bit more active and, and, you know, so on and so forth. I think knowing what came after and having had experience that it empowered me to really make decisions that felt good for me, for my mental state. I knew that pulling out of the competition at that point or kind of like completely removing myself from any kind of physical activity was going to hinder my mental and emotional state more than it would harm the physical state that I was already in. Right. And so kind of like delineating that both for the second surgery and the third was was really a huge pivoting point for me. I I remember going in for for this last surgery and it was I think it was February, it was the Monday right after Super Bowl Monday in, in 2020. And I remember walking in and we were like the first ones at the surgery center. And I literally just sat by the door waiting for the team to come in. And I, my mother was there with me and, and she was kind of like looking at me very dauntingly. And, and she kept asking, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's just get the show on the road. We know what comes next. <laughs> so um, very matter of fact, if you will. Yes. Yeah. So it, uh, hopefully, um, someone who has not had this injury, um, and might end up having this, here's your story and, and can kind of use that as that first time they've gone through it. They understand they can get their mind around it. You know, obviously, um, it's, it's not like having the event actually happen, but, um, preparing yourself, knowing that somebody's gone through it, um, has, you know, gone through the process, um, and recovered and come back stronger, um, just inspires other people. So I think it's great, uh, for you to be sharing your story. Um, we love seeing the stuff on Instagram. You're, you're getting ready to, uh, uh, get that mastership title. How's the training going? What are your, um, you know, thoughts about that coming up in just a, a couple of months? So I, I think it's easy to say I'm, I'm really excited. Um, for me, mastership has been a really long road, both um, 
both physically and, and just emotionally. Um, I feel that while we all set the intention and we set that goal, when you finally reach or, or you have that realization that I'm here, um, it's very overwhelming and it's kind of surreal. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. back during spring nationals going and climbing up the mountain with my class and kind of reaching the top. And, and again, just having that realization that all these years um, of training and, and of sacrifice and, and of hard work, this was a culmination of that. And so it, it felt very rewarding to, to finally be able to be here at this, at this milestone. Um, again, having overcome all these different injuries and, and just all of these personal challenges and finally be, being able to realize mastership, not just as a title, but for what it means to me. Uh, I used mm-hmm. to tell my students that black belt, you know, black belt is something that, you know, anyone can get, but, you know, we, we can all earn a black belt. We can all do the forms. We can do the kicks. We can go through that. But your black belt is really something, you know, you create the meaning behind your black belt. What does black belt really mean to you? What is what is the intention that you put behind it? Um, and I think that that it was like that for mastership for me. Mastership isn't just a title, but it's really an opportunity to be able to, you know, step out there and show someone else that this is possible you know, not just for a woman, you know, not just for somebody that that's had these injuries, but, but for anyone really. Um, I think that we see so many masters out there and so many athletes within our organization of all ages, of all backgrounds that are really inspiring. And, and I'm just, I'm just one of the many that, that are, that are out there. And, and I think that I carry a lot of my inspiration and, and my desire to have wanted to have reached this goal, thanks to them. And thanks to them paving the way. And, and I hope that my story at, at some capacity can help do that for somebody else to, to help continue the legacy. That's excellent. Well, um, enjoy the process. Um, I know you've got uh, not not much left of the process. I mean, I'm sure you've got some homework assignments, some reading things left. Um, but you guys got the, the fast out of the way, um, that training there. Um, and then the, the master ceremony coming up uh, in Little Rock. Um, right after the uh, leadership camp. So um, enjoy the rest of the process. Um, it, it's going to be great to see um, you guys all go through that, um, you know, uh, inspiring others. Um, it's just one of my favorite things to watch is go and watch the master's ceremony. Um, you know, it's just a, a, to see people achieve this goal and, and whatnot is is uh, always, um, you know, just a joy to see. Uh, so enjoy that. Um, any you, last advice for uh, our athletes out there in AT Nation? You know, I would say, you know, to anyone out there listening, just keep training uh, and and stay stay the course. Uh, pivot, don't pause. <laughs> I, I think that there are people out there that that we all gravitate towards. Um, you know, I know that I myself, I I listen to the podcast. I, I talk to some of our seniors and other instructors. And I find inspiration in their stories and, and listening to other people's journeys. And I think that um, going out there and continuing to, to network and to connect with different people and to gain inspiration from others, I think that's the that's one of the greatest things that our organization allows us to do. It provides us with such a, a wide array of network um, of people that we can not only learn from, but, but also, um, you know, grow great relationships with. So, you know, continue training, continue developing those relationships and, and don't stop, don't stop till, till you reach whatever goal it is that you've set for yourself. 
Yes, ma'am. That is great advice. Um, we appreciate your time today and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you go through that ceremony, get uh, uh, dubbed with uh, the Birong Bong and uh, be Master Garcia. So uh, again, thank you for your time today. Thank you, sir. Great advice. Um, pivot. Don't pause. I love that. Um, what a great interview. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have been soliciting on our Instagram account uh, pictures and uh, just shout outs for um, teams across Team USA or across the the country and, and ATA Nation. Uh, so I know uh, I've gotten a, a great um, shout out from uh, Pick Power. Uh, in Pickerington, Ohio, the Pavlix team, they've got some awesome team. Um, you might be uh, seeing something about them coming up on the podcast. Also, uh, the crew out from uh, Chief Master nominee Kaminsky's uh, school out there. Um, I know he's got a big tournament this weekend. So uh, uh, if you're out there, let us know. I, us I know they usually have a, a bunch of teams as well. So um, share uh, some of that, uh, those photos, um, some of that competition on uh, Instagram. Uh, let us see you out there competing. If you're part of a team, I would love to hear from you. Send us a DM on Instagram. Um, we want to interview some teams. We want to get some stuff. Uh, I've got this project running that I want to show you guys all about different teams. So, Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for us today. I've got some awesome interviews in line. We've got uh, a grandmaster coming up. We've got um, some amazing young school owners we're going to be featuring on the show. All kinds of great things. So stay tuned. Do us a huge favor and share this podcast on your social media with your friends. We would love to continue to reach more of ATA Nation to be subscribers. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you get your friends, your uh, you know fellow training partners in ATA to uh, subscribe as well. So until next time, make sure you're out there taking action. Thanks for listening to another episode of the ATA Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your ATA family. Man, ATA Nation, we got some cool stuff coming up. This week alone, I have one, two more interviews for the podcast. Um, next week, I already have one scheduled, and I got two more I'm working on scheduling. We're going to do... Um, uh, some cool interviews with uh, future or not future, but uh, young school owners. We want to just show you guys how awesome it is to be a school owner in the ATA. We're going to try maybe, maybe even some video, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So, Hey, subscribe, get some other people to subscribe, help us out. We'll talk to you soon. ATA nation.